alcohol is accepted as a tool to fabring, why not marijuana? Somebody asked the question, if we drink alcohol, why don't we do uh, marijuana at a fabring? And the spirit of my answer was that instead of adding, we should be diminishing. The point of a chiddush of is avoidus Hashem, not entertainment and fun. And unfortunately, there is a considerable amount of use of alcohol at Fabrengens, let alone introducing something additional. This was the spirit of my answer. And um, this particular question and answer seemed to achieve critical mass. It was put up on many sites, and there was a lot of comments in response to it. Some were favorable, and some were critical. Some were actually quite critical. Some people felt I didn't answer the question altogether, and so on. Now, first of all, I, I want to say this again, that the way these Q&As work, the way these stump the rabbis work, is I'm asked a question and I give an answer spontaneously. If I would prepare these answers, the answers would be very drawn out and it wouldn't achieve what they're supposed to achieve. So I'm the first to admit that it's conceivable that not every answer is entirely perfect. Um, but it's better this way. The answers are better if they're not exact, but they're short and to the point. Of all the comments that I received from people, there was one that I feel I need to address. And I appreciate ahead of time that this is going to upset people, particularly the person who wrote the comment. But I still feel like I should do it, say it anyway. And that is that one of the comments that people made, they were responding to what I said. And what I said, in part, was that we live in a culture of Ahava without Yira. Jewish people, traditionally, had Abbas Hashem and Yira Hashem. Abbas Hashem means we love God, we enjoy Judaism, and we also have Yira. Yira means we don't always have to understand what we're doing, we don't always have to agree with what we're doing, we don't always have to be in the mood of what we're doing. In the old-fashioned language, it's called Kabbalah Seel. Sometimes you have to just do what God said. And my observation was that in an age where people had Ahava and Yira, Mashke could have helped their Avoidu. But in an age we have only Ahava, the Mashkes can only make it worse. Because when you serve Hashem only out of love, the basic difference between the emotion of love and the emotion of fear as it relates to Hashem is that the emotion of love is self-centric. It's, it's Yesh, Yesh Misha'ayu. And the emotion of fear is about Bittl. The, the root of all Yira is Bittl. So when you have Ahava and Yira, there is an element of Bittl. When you have Ahava alone, it's very self, self-centric. self In other words, if I'm serving, doing what I enjoy and what I love, it's wonderful that I enjoy and I love Teda and I enjoy and I love Mitzvahs. But if there's a lack of Bittl, Mashke will only make it more selfish. It's not going to make it more in service of HaKadosh Baruch. So somebody wrote a one-liner that said, quote, this is not a direct quote. This is approximately the quote. When you raise children with fear without love, so they grow up to live with love without fear, period. And then it said, think about it, period. This is the comment. And I understand this and I agree with it. Psychologically, it's true. It's a fact. When a child is raised, whether it's by parents or by teachers or by community or by all three, where everything is about fear, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, and they don't feel loved, and they don't feel like they're being taught a love for Yiddishkeit, 
So there's a resentment and there's a reaction. And the reaction is, I'm only going to do what I like. I'm only going to do what feels right. I don't want to do what you make me because I don't like the way you make me feel when you make me do things. That's the spirit of that person's comment. And I, I understand it. I, I see it. I know it. It's human nature. I'm also a person and I also don't like when people make me do things that I don't want to do and so on. But I want to say the truth. And the truth hurts, but I want to say the truth. The truth is that it's not an excuse. If a person was raised poorly, and they were raised with too much discipline, too much good, and not enough ahava, so their parents made a mistake, their teachers made a mistake, and it's not good. They shouldn't repeat the mistake. But it doesn't change the fact that as adults, we have to take responsibility for ourselves. And in taking responsibility for ourselves, we cannot only do what we love. We cannot only do what we enjoy. We cannot only do what we agree with. We have to be makabal oil malchashamayim. Whatever Hashem tells us, do we need to do? And we need to do it simply because He told us to do it. It's very simple. So, if I may use these words, if a person has had a bad childhood or a challenged childhood, with which puts them in a position where they resent all the gvura. Part of their avoida is not only to create love in their avoida Hashem, but to impose yida on themselves. If you were taught Yiddishkeit in a way which is incomplete, you can't not be a yid. You have to just teach it to yourself. And teaching it to yourself means that even if you were raised with yida without ahava, you have to figure out how to reincorporate Yidah into your Avoidah because it's the only way to be a human being and it's certainly the only way to be a Yid. And I always give the same two examples. When the Rebbe made Tzivas Hashem, he explained why he made Tzivas Hashem and there's a letter which is not very famous written to a psychotherapist who was bothered by the form of army, Tzivas Hashem, the army of Hashem. And what the Rebbe said is American children are being raised up Unselfishness, everything is me. I only do what I want, I only do what I feel, I do what I'm comfortable with, which is a psychological version of Ava without Yira. And the Rebbe said, no civilization can survive like that. Children must have Kabbalah fail. Children must do what others tell them, whether they want to or not, because the commander-in-chief said so. And if it's true of, true of children, it's certainly true of adults. That every person has to understand that in their own lives, that you don't only do those things in Yiddishkeit that you want to. You have to keep all Tayyad Mitzvah. Some of them come from Ahava, and some of them come from Yira. And it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse that my parents raised me wrong, that my teachers raised me wrong, that my community raised me wrong. And the reason it's not an excuse is because as adults, we have to be hidden for ourselves. And we have to have a relationship with ourselves, with Hashem, by ourselves. And we can't blame our identity as people and as Jews and what others may have done or have not done to us. It's not like I don't understand the struggle. But I also understand, I appreciate, and I think this is what the Rebbe is trying to teach us, that no human being can live successfully with excuses. We have to live. And if somebody didn't give us something correctly, we have to figure out how to correct it for ourselves. 
And there must be Yira, there must be Kabbalah Sela in our lives. And when we have Yira in our lives, so then the, the, the balance of our Yiddishkeit is healthy, which is that we do what we have to do whenever we have to do it, whether we feel like doing it, or we don't feel like doing it. And just to complete the thought, the second example for this is the Shev Mitzvah Menech. The Rebbe made a Shev Mitzvah Menech campaign. And he himself introduced a phrase as the basis for that campaign. For some reason, when you hear people talk about Shev Mitzvah, they come up with all kinds of other explanations or forms. But the form that the Rebbe used when he introduced Shev Mitzvah Menech, that a Jew has an obligation to teach a non-Jew, to keep the seven laws of Noach, which includes, as the Rebbe would always say, so many more than seven mitzvahs. It's a whole way of life, not just a few things that you're not allowed to do. The phrase that the Rebbe used to make this point is Ayin Reyeh Ve'ezen Shemas V'chol Ma'asecha V'seifa Nechtavim A eye that sees, an ear that hears, and everything that you do is written in a book. In other words, The Rebbe spoke to Goyim, to non-Jews. And he said, you have to keep the seven laws of Noach because God said you have to keep them. And that he's watching you. He's recording your actions. And one day he's going to hold you accountable. The Rebbe did not introduce Shev Mitzvah Menech on the ground that it's going to give you a meaningful life. He did not introduce the Shev Mitzvah Menech on the grounds that it'll make you feel good and give you fulfillment. Although those things are true also, he introduced the Shev Mitzvah Menech on the grounds of there is a yesh balabayis labirazu. You can't do whatever you want and say it's because my parents weren't nice to me, because my teacher screamed at me. You can't do whatever you want. There's a right and a wrong. And the way we see this being played out in our generation is the, um, there's so many studies and so many discussions about what they call self-esteem, right? The post-hippie generation, the 70s, 80s, the 90s, we're all raising children with self-esteem. Self-esteem is supposed to create better people, not more selfish people. A better person is able to give. A better person is able to forgive. A better person is able to compromise. But when self-esteem means the universe serves me, that's an expression of this ahava without yira. And I, I really do understand the challenge of a child or an adult that was raised with yira without ahava. So then they want to live a life without Yiddah. But as an adult, you need to understand that that's not a life. It's not living. And in order to live, we have to accept that yoke, even if it may have been presented to us in a wrong way.